Welcome, everybody, to the Tiffany Talks podcast show, where I discuss holistic health, healing, and helping others to inspire and empower you to start your own healing journey in 30 minutes or less. I'm Tiffany Patlin, self-healing specialist and best-selling author of Unlocking Your Ability to Heal. I have an immense passion to heal the world. Our special guest today is Jenny Gal. She is a CEO and founder of Noir and Exclusive Erotic Blueprints Coach. She is also a somatic sexologist, an Ayurvedic postpartum doula, cultural anthropologist, medical research science or scientist, advocate, and single mother. Let's welcome Jenny. Hi, Tiffany. Hi, Jenny. It's so good to see you. How are you doing today? I considering um, considering that my little boy was diagnosed or not diagnosed was tested positive for COVID yesterday. I am doing good, and in fact, right before I got uh, you know centered here for for the podcast interview, um, we had a little bit of a ceremony where I thanked him and his body for mm-hmm. being so strong um, and even allowing allowing me to show up as a professional and do the work that I'm so passionate about and 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 also simultaneously hold him in my role as his mother and um, you know in the same morning. So. I think that's so beautiful. I love that. Giving your body, you know, gratitude or your son's body, you know, giving gratitude. I mean, we all know that having an attitude of gratitude brings, you know, more joy into your life and all that. So that's so good. I love that. Um, <clears throat> and I'm so sorry to hear that, you're, that your son was, you know, that has that. But I hear he's doing well, you know, because we've mm-hmm. talked about it before. So I'm so grateful and thankful for that. Um just to get started, I'd really love to hear if you want to share with us your backstory. Like, how did you get started into, you know, becoming the founder of Venus Noir, the whole erotic blueprints coaching and, you know, the sexologist piece? Like, will you share with us your backstory? Sure. So, um, you know, I'm calling in from Santa Fe, New Mexico. I'm born and raised native girl here from New Mexico. And I grew up in in a rural part of the state um, on a dirt, you know, the end of a dirt road with in a very traditional like Spanish hacienda style situation. And there was so much um like cultural influence and heritage that I experienced in my childhood. You know, I gathered with my kin, I gathered with my mom and my sisters and my, and my abuela, my grandmother, and we prepared meals together. We nurtured each other. We practiced, you know, remedies that had been passed down for years and years. And, um, and as I got older, I was really dumbfounded that other people weren't living like I was. You know, and it it was it was just 
so instrumental and such a rich part of um, what really inspired me to study cultural anthropology. And so my undergrad is in cultural anthropology and the anthropologist in me really got curious about like, what's the most taboo subject on the planet <laughs> is human sexuality. And I thought, you know, I really, I really want to give this my attention. I want to place my focused attention and research here on um, sex and intimacy, the taboos and the myths and and really take an active role in striking down so many misconceptions and belief systems about our bodies and how how we you know show up and be, be authentically expressed as erotic beings um, that alongside being a mother i became a mother um 22 years ago and um, I'm a mother of three, you know, I have a son that's 22, a daughter who just turned 21, and then my eight-year-old son. And I, through my journey of motherhood, was super proactive about what I needed, what resources I needed, what resources my children needed, and essentially became um the professional that I always needed on my journey. And so that's how I've arrived here and have really married married my um, expertise and focus with women's reproductive health, with women's sexual health. I love that so much. You mentioned um, misconceptions. Can you share with us what one of the most common misconceptions that people have come to you with when it comes to, you know, intimacy, sex, or anything like that? Mm -hmm. hmm. I think what I see most is just a real lack of um, of the skill set of agency and consent. How you know a lot of people are really fumbling with their power. Um, a lot of women, you know, we're given as women the model of um, the maiden archetype or, you know, the maiden archetype, which is the good girl, which is going to hold the promise of belonging to society, being cared for, being nurtured, being respectable, or the bad girl, right, mm -hmm. who's naughty, who might be, you know, um, we would call it the sacred slut archetype or the slut archetype. And there's a lot of shaming and a, and a sense of, of really resisting the, um, the system. And, and, uh, and so you're an outcast, right? And so a lot of women come to me um, with the question of how, how to be authentically expressed, how to claim agency of the body, what a felt, um, yes or no is in their body and how to navigate that from like really a nervous system education, you know? Um, so, so that's just, that's a really common, that's a really common area that I work with. I feel like some of what you mentioned could be a result of someone experiencing uh, traumatic abuse or sexual abuse. Um, do you find that playing a part with what you just said? Well, I mean, all of the work that I do is trauma-informed. Um, I, I don't necessarily 
believe that everybody has like a really emotionally charged sexual trauma. I think it's really more so a lack of education, a lack of resources and a lack of spaces where we're having conversations that are just as common about our sexuality as what we, you know, order with our barista in the morning, <laughs> you know? I, I, yeah, totally. It I needs understand. to become that, that common. It needs to just become really common language. And so a lot of misconceptions have everything to do with, um, you know, with, with institutions that have controlled how we view our own bodies and, um, and sexuality. Couldn't agree with you more. Can you share with us what are some of the common problems that you solve for people? Mm -hmm. So, my the primary demographic that I focus on are women in fourth trimester and postpartum. Um, that is that is my most ideal client that I work with, and I really love to capture my client like in the prenatal period, um, third trimester, and really begin to prepare them physiologically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally on the preparation of the birth. But I'm not a birth doula, I'm a postpartum doula. And so I really like to elevate my clients to queen bee status so that they their fourth trimester, it's all about delegating everything out, all of the, you know, imposed expected roles of us out to the community, out to their family, um, their their sisters, you know, and and to really just focus on on rejuvenating and healing and bonding with their infant. A really common um, area that I that I support moms in fourth trimester is also changing the narrative that what their goal is is to get back into their pre-pregnancy genes, mm -hmm. and instead actually really support them through somatic embodiment practices to to know when they're ready to engage in sexual activity again and be sexual. If um, penetrative sex is painful, how, how we can support that with really comprehensive pelvic floor therapy, scar tissue remediation. Um, so those are a couple of areas that I, that I really um, provide some, some focused attention to with my clients. Uh, man, I wish I were to have known you with my first <laughs> because I went the whole hospital route. You know, I didn't research. I didn't question anything, you know, because mm -hmm. not where I was. And I feel like a lot of women um, are in that boat even still to this day. They kind of just blindly do what they're told because that we just it's normal. You go to the hospital, you let them break your water. You can even schedule a C-section. You can do all these things. And. I never realized how um, that can cause that there's potential for um, negative issues to arise from those things. And I didn't even learn that until I had my second child in uh, 2015. And I opted to take the uh, Bradley birthing class because a friend had um, suggested that to me. And oh my gosh, I learned so much that I didn't even know was out there to even learn. 
Like I was blown away. It's so important and empowering to know what our bodies can actually do, how our bodies as females were designed to give birth. And there's so many things that we can do. Like you mentioned, you know, if sex hurts, you know, we can do pelvic exercises. I know there's a lot of healing herbs out there that can help us. And same thing with that postpartum depression. So I think your work is very needed. And I love that you're taking it head on. Like you said, it's taboo. People are so uncomfortable with talking about it, but that's how we learn, right? We learn from hearing each other's experiences. And so I agree with you wholeheartedly about that. Uh, Same thing with um, community. Like you mentioned, the importance of this is something I learned with my third baby. Like I didn't even learn it with the first or the second uh, because I was really trying to have a successful uh, breastfeeding relationship and Mm -hmm. didn't know what I was doing with the first. With the second, I was trying to pump. I was doing this. I was doing that. And then with my third, I realized what the problem was. I was trying to do all these things that society and Facebook groups were suggesting. But then when I said, you know what? I'm going to take it back old school to the traditional ways. I didn't do anything, no cooking, no cleaning. I said, I'm going to honor this moment with my child. And that's when my milk came in, no problem. And I'm so proud to say that I was able to reach um, my, I nursed my son till he was three and a half years old. And I used to think that was like, ill. no joke. I, I admit that I thought it was disgusting because that's the way I grew up. And I think others have grown up the same way, but with so much research, it's, it's the most natural thing in the entire world to do. And it seems like that in itself is taboo and it shouldn't be. Um, so do you help people with, um, with that as well? Like with nursing, if they have trouble with that? Yeah, back when my older children were infants and toddlers, I, of course, through my own research um, with, you know, a a La Leche League group um, in my area, just became completely committed not only to like my own success, but felt the need to, to become licensed of which I, I became um, an internationally board certified lactation consultant in that time um, and supported supported women, really women um, in a really low socioeconomic group um, who were coming to, to WIC. I, I don't know if you're familiar with those, the women and children clinics. It's a, it's a part of a public health policy, I believe across all states in our nation. And yeah, I mean, how I interface with that work now is very different than when I when I took the test and became licensed in 2002. I had all the anatomy and the physiology and the practical answers and responses and holds and all of that in place. But now looking at breastfeeding in particular through the lens of of um of trusting our bodies and through somatics, I I know and understand that birth energy and sexual energy produce the same altered state of consciousness in our bodies. And that evolution has provided us, the mammal body, with an intact bonding system, which is breastfeeding. So you know, as you mentioned, when you surrendered and were like, I'm going to rest, I'm going to focus on this, 
that that's when your milk came, right? So mm-hmm. we need to be in our parasympathetic nervous system, our rest and digest state for letdown to occur. And when letdown occurs, the um, bonding hormone oxytocin is released. And it is, it, it's just, it essentially keeps you, you, you get that slow drip of that ecstatic state again and again and again and again. And it's not only supportive for you nurturing with your child, it's that feel good hormone in your own body aids in your own healing. But I, you know, I'm feeling inspired um, and encouraged to write a book about the artistry of bonding in the fourth trimester. Yes, please do. Yeah, I really, really want to look at this um, from from that perspective that I just shared. Um, I think that it, it trickles out, and with those with that yummy chemical moving through the woman's body regularly, there's there's more opportunity for bonding with her partner or spouse if she's if she's married, um, with her other children if she's got other children with her parents, with other caretakers, with her community and her village. Yes, that's beautiful. Um, The whole bonding experience, um, I noticed a difference. Like Mm -hmm. the relationship I have with my firstborn and the relationship I have with my secondborn, that bonding was different than it was with my third baby because he was the one that I had the most successful nursing relationship with. You know, I would, I would wear the um, katan, that wraparound thing. So the baby was always on me and I was always nursing him and he was such a chunker and he was my chunkiest baby too. <laughs> he was mm-hmm. so but the bonding, um, and I don't beat myself up over this. I'm just sharing. Um, and we shouldn't, but I do notice that there's a difference. And I kind of mm-hmm. was kicking myself and, you know, a little blaming, if you will, because I felt guilty that I didn't do that successfully with my last two because we don't have that same bond. We have bonded, but it was different. Mm-hmm. And after experiencing the whole natural natural way of doing it, I look back and I'm like, man, I wish I were to have done that. So I do my best whenever you know someone asks a question or I always mention that, suggest that and try to share because I feel like that's another um, topic that is not widely spoken about. I did not know that it wasn't supposed to hurt. I did not know that it will hurt in the beginning, but then it'll lessen. And if it doesn't, there's a possible tongue tie or lip tie. Never heard of that. Never knew that. How many of us don't know that or the thousand other things that would benefit us? That's why I say knowledge is so empowering. So it's amazing everything that you know about because you really can help somebody from the beginning to the end is with sex. And, and not only that, like you mentioned in every way with the postpartum in every way, I love that. It's, it's intimately interwoven, you know, reproductive and sexual health should, they're not opposing ends of the spectrum. They are intimately interwoven and it's, there's just, it's a really unique opportunity um, to, to resource women and empower them. I'm not the least bit preoccupied with the right way to birth, the right way to um, to parent. Um, I am completely committed to the wild way, to the mm-hmm. wild way and to really 
supporting women in reclaiming full agency and empowerment with their whole experience. I, yeah. I love that so freaking much. <laughs> the <laughs> wild way. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> Do you by chance have a Facebook group where you talk about stuff? You know, I don't, I don't have a particular Facebook group that I, um, that I've created for this topic. I'm in conversation with some other midwives and birth professionals, and we're, we're discussing the importance of essentially creating the space to hear birth stories and to provide like live Q and A that's, that's in the works. Um, I'm really transparent on my Facebook, like my personal page about, um, yeah, I share really regularly my posts there and I'm just, I'm Jenny G gal on, on Facebook and Venus underscore noir 007 on Instagram. And, and so, yeah, I have every intention on social media of becoming a little more visible and accessible for audiences to, to jump on and ask questions and receive some, some love and support. Yeah, I think that's incredible, especially that you have that in the works because I would join it. And I think I might be done having kids, unfortunately, because the husband is like, you know. <laughs> but okay. um, yeah, and it's not just specific to the childbearing years. I mean, so many women that I, um, so many clients of mine, of mine are also women who are like, hey, I'm a single mom. How on earth do I date? How do I do this? You know, so again, it comes back to that that inquiry and that curiosity of how can I, how can I trust myself? How can I really reclaim full agency of my body? How, how can I navigate this in a really intuitive, wild way, you know? <laughs> so, um, so you could join that group and still, when it, when, when it happens, when we establish it, I'll let you know. And I believe that it could just hold really great value for, for all of us. I believe so too, because you have a lot to offer. I think women mm -hmm. will benefit greatly from not just joining that group, but also just working with you in general. Um, mm -hmm. As we come to the end of our show, could you please share maybe a profound statement, quote, or mantra that you live by that has helped you in your life? Yeah. Yeah, I would love to. You know, I'm sure you're very familiar. Most of us are with the African per proverb, um, it takes a village to raise a child. Mm, yes. I, I love to expand that out. I believe as humans, we, our most pri primal need is to belong and to connect. And I believe that it takes a, a village to raise our mothers. And, um, and so my work, my, my work really stems from that place. Wow. I really love that. And I agree wholeheartedly. Um, it's difficult when you don't have anybody. I know there's a lot of people out there that don't have, you know, family close by, but even fellow moms, I know that there's groups, there's um, uh, women out there that will go and help other women and they don't even mm -hmm. know you, but they just know what you're going through. And so mm -hmm. they're eager and willing and wanting to help. So I encourage people, if you feel like you have no one, reach out because you deserve 
to have help. You know, just like you said, it does take a village. We're not meant to do it alone. I don't believe that for one second that us women were meant to go through this alone, hop up and be expected to go to work. You have to, you have to do this. You have to clean, you have to cook, you have to do these things. When we're really just meant to rest, we're meant to honor that moment that wild way. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. The other book that is in the works for me is like what not to expect of me <laughs> postpartum. You know, we have that whole book series wow. that's kind of like the maternal Bible library or something that's like what to expect when you're expecting. What yep. to expect. And I'm just like, let's rewrite the book. Like let's what not to expect of me in this time. Yes. Period. I think I what think that would affected me. <laughs> it would be it would fly off the shelves. I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. Um, wow. Please write that book and then we'll bring you back on so you can promote it because wow. Right. And that's the, the artistry of, of bonding and what not to expect of me postpartum. I'm oh, on it. The wild ways. <laughs> the wild ways. <laughs> I love that so much. Uh, so everyone be sure to check out Jenny. Um, I have her information at the bottom of the screen. Mm-hmm. And let's see, um, get social, follow her. Thank you, Jenny, for coming on the show. Such a pleasure to talk to you. And I learned quite a bit um, and I'm looking forward to that group. So thank you so much. And I will be seeing you on the threads. Sounds beautiful. Thank you for having me, Tiffany. It's been an honor. (laughs) You bet. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Thank you. So thank you to everyone listening and watching today's episode Please feel free to comment with what resonated with you and invite your friends to uh, like and follow on Facebook and YouTube, or you can listen on all major podcast platforms. And I leave you today with this quote that I found. Sex appeal is 50% what you've got and 50% what people think you've got. And that's by Sophia Loren. So feel free to tell me what you think about that. And I'm Tiffany Patlin signing off until the next episode. Take care, everyone. Bye.